0: Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. For those of you that don't know me, I am Laura Lemmicks, Pastor Laura. I am the pastoral care pastor here at Heartland. And um, pastor called me about 6 o'clock last night. And um, Elisa hadn't been feeling well yesterday, and they um, they took her to the emergency room. And she does have some things she's dealing with, but as the day went on, she did develop a temperature and some congestion. And so he just felt like he needed to practice what we've been asked to do and use caution and stay home this morning. So he said, "Would you feel comfortable bringing the message?" And I'm like. Oh. Um, I said, I, um, I will, <laughs> so I'm here. Um, but, uh, I, so that's what's going on. Why pastor Dave's not here and you get me this morning. So that I'm, I'm honored to get to share with you guys. And, um, I'm going to have a couple things I want to do first, but one I will say that when the first two songs of worship, I'm like, wow, God had this planned earlier this week because it was like, I leaned over to my husband and I said, worship is preaching my message. (laughs) So, um, isn't it amazing how God works all those things out? But I do want to recognize, um, all of the mothers this morning and just thank you. None of us would be here without mothers, including myself and, um, what an amazing thing when you think about a woman and how God created her. Think about that, that she can receive this little seed and in it, within her, develop this human being, this person, this life that has that has eternity in it. And she carries it and then she delivers it. And then she has the capability with her own body to nourish and care for it for a season. Isn't that amazing how God made a woman? So I know we're celebrating mothers today, but I also want to celebrate women because there's, there's women here that, you know, you may never have born a child yet, or you just might not have, but you are still worthy of being celebrated today because you are a beautiful thing. And I think in our culture sometimes there's this um, competing voice that tells us that the things of a woman aren't, aren't beautiful, and um, we should be more like men sometimes. But And I'll just get on just for a minute here a little soapbox of mine. Some of you know I'm very active in the pro-life movement, and what we hear there is, oh... Um, you know, abortion empowers women. And I don't say that from a way to condemn anybody. I have my own story. But what we do is we, we, are, we are weakening women. Women are strong. Women can, you know, a lot of men would have said, count me out when it came to that, well, the nine months of carrying a baby, but definitely when you got to delivery. Everybody. Okay, thank you, John. Thank you, Pastor John. <laughs> but God has made women strong and we're beautiful, and we are carriers of life. And so I just wanted to share a little bit this morning and just say Happy Mother's Day. And I hope that you all um, enjoy your day um, just surrounded. I know I can't be with my mom today. We're going to do a Zoom call. So I hope in some way or another you're able to connect with your mothers today, though. So um, I just wanted to share a little bit about me because I know there's a lot of new people, and I know we have our online presence. But I am a mother, and my husband John is here on the front row. And we do have three children. Our oldest um, is our son, Levi. And he moved back to the area at the first of the year from Washington State. And I'm thrilled to have a child local, although he lives in what I would say is Grimes, but it's actually Urbandale, I guess. So he's out west, and he's um, a cloud administrator. Did you guys know clouds needed? administrating? <laughs> it's an IT thing. But anyway, that's what he does. And then our middle child is um, our daughter, Addie, and she and her husband, Corey, live in Springfield, Missouri, and she's a pediatric mental health counselor. And then our youngest, Rachel, and her husband, Tyler, actually live in um, Alberta, Canada, about three and a half hours north of Great Falls, Montana. And so with all of this COVID-19 stuff, um, of course, She's not coming here, and we're not going there. And so one of our prayers is for the the borders to open up. We have lots of things we want to do as family this summer, as we all do. And with the COVID-19 thing, I know there is feelings that are all across the board on this. And we want to be considerate of wherever you are on the topic. Um, I talked to several people in the last few days that are just... You know, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's some people that are fed up with it all, and so it's all across the board. And we just want you to know, though, that we are here at Heartland. If you need prayer, if you just need someone to talk to, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to us so we can just be sure you're getting taken care of. And we do still have the email needs at heartlandstaff.com if you need to... um, just send an email. Hey, could you be praying about this? Or or if you're made aware of another need in the body um, that we should know about here in the office, that would be great. And um, our lovely receptionist, Allie, is checking the voicemail. She's here. Um, so we are getting back to normal around here, whatever that might be, as far as staffing on a weekly basis. But Anyway, I just wanted to um, touch base on a couple of those things. But when Pastor called me and asked me to share, I said, oh, do I, um, I know it's Mother's Day. Do I need to have a Mother's Day message? And he's like, well, no. And I said, okay. But I thought, because I really didn't know. I just wanted to know if I had that out, if I needed it. And so as I really began to just, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share? Um, I felt like I'm just supposed to really share with you kind of some of the things that the Lord has been leading me through in the last several weeks, why we've had all of this going on. And what I've really done is I've really pressed into just some foundational truths about God. And that's a good thing. We all need to share up our foundation sometimes. But in that, there's been some things that He's revealed to me at a deeper level. There's some things that He's really sealed in my heart. And so for some of you, um, this might be things that, oh, yeah, I I get that. And it's just reaffirming what you believe. For some of you, it's going to challenge your thinking. And for some of you, I just hope that it maybe um, encourages you and propels you that I need to really get back in and look at some of that for my own life and see where God wants to reveal some things deeper to me. You know, there is so much about the Lord that that is yet to be revealed to us. And it's in those pressing in times that we can really find those nuggets So we're talking a little bit about Mother's Day, and there's so many other things that um, we do in this life, whether you're a mother or you're a father, or you are an aunt or a grandmother or an uncle or a doctor or maybe a pastor or a teacher. There's so many different things we do in life, but those are just roles we play. That's not really who we are. That is not our identity. Each of us has one thing that is the center of identity, our identity. And that one thing is now and for all eternity. All the roles we play here on earth, they will cease to exist in eternity. I won't be a mother in eternity, which breaks my heart in some ways because I love being a mother. But I will not be a mother in eternity. But what I will be now and for all eternity is a daughter. For you guys, you'll be a son. You are a son, and you will be a son in eternity. And I know we've talked so much on identity here at Harlan, but I feel like it's something that we continually need to revisit. So the, sometimes what we find is the biggest conflict, some, we want to say we're children of God. Well, that's a little surfacey. Let's just be honest. We are sons and daughters. And part of the reason we feel more comfortable saying we're children rather than a son or a daughter is because when we say son or daughter, it really connects us to um, father. And a lot of us have unhealthy um Experiences dysfunction growing up with an unhealthy father. Some of us might have had a perfect father, but there's no really no such thing as perfect as on this earth of a father. It's just in our mind, our father was a really good father. I had a great father. Was he perfect? No. But so many times we then take our experience of our earthly experience, and we want to project that onto our heavenly father and our relationship with him. So it's really important that we step back. We understand who he is as a father and how he relates to us and how he relates to us as a son or a daughter. Not how he relates to us as the bookkeeper or not how he relates to us as um, even a mother. I first and foremost am a daughter. And that's the way I first and foremost relate to my heavenly father. And that's how I will relate with him through all eternity. So I think the other thing is I was thinking, actually just this past week, I was thinking about words. And father is one of them, that we all have a different definition we would put on what a father is. I think that if I were to ask you, how would you define truth? There would be lots of different examples. And unfortunately, in today's culture, um, sometimes truth is really just an opinion. I think we would, most of us would agree with that. If I were to sit with two or three of you and say, tell me your definition of a gentleman, I think it would be interesting because a lot of us would have a different, um, a, a different perception of what a gentleman should portray. And it might challenge me and think, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. But then I might say things, and you might totally say, I don't, I don't think that's what, how I would describe a gentleman. Well, it's the same with father. We really, there's a lot of things that we could say about what a father is. Trust is another word. I just want to throw this out there. Trust is a huge thing because with father, our heavenly father, we trust. But do we really understand in our culture today what it is to trust? So what I hope you're understanding here is what we experience in the earth is totally different than what we experience with God in our relationship in the in the heavenlies. I love this morning the song they sang, and I actually I was talking to my husband about this this morning, um, because... A lot of this stuff, like I said, it's been stuff I've been thinking about over the last several weeks, and I'm like, I just, I want to talk to you about this before I get up there and share it, because it's all in my head, and what might come out might not sound right if I don't talk it out loud first, so poor Johnny had to listen to me this morning a little bit, but um, where was I at? <laughs> oh, that's okay, we'll figure this all out. <laughs> Oh yes, the song this morning. Thank you, Kara. They talked about how he's more real than the breath we breathe. And there, the kingdom of heaven where our Father dwells is really more real than what's around us because that is eternal. Does that stretch you a little bit? It's just that our eyes aren't open to what is going on around us. But that is that is, that's, that is for all eternity. This is all temporary. So, question, do we fully comprehend who our Heavenly Father is? I think the answer would be no. After all, this morning, joining us in worship... They were gathered around the throne singing, holy, 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 as they were just in awe of who he is. He's complete. We can't add to him. We can't take away. He's perfect. He's complete. This is our father. So with with the COVID-19, I know that there's been a lot of fear, and I want to talk a little bit about fear, in relationship to our Father. But I want to start with a story that I read. And um, part of it is I want you just to picture, if you can, that you're at a table that's filled with all your favorite foods. It look, it's beautiful to look at because there's lots of colors. It smells amazing. You know it's going to taste amazing on your taste buds. And seated there with you is your Heavenly Father. And all of a sudden, you hear a commotion outside. And you turn, and you get up, and you go to the window. Isn't it amazing how easily we can be distracted from what is in front of us, what God's doing in front of us? But as you go to the window, and you look out the window, you see these um, big black horses that have arrived. COVID-19. But the men on them are armed, and you fear grips you fear rises up in you and you look back and your heavenly father is still sitting there at the table with all of these things that have that are meeting all of your senses and he's still sitting there and it doesn't threaten him at all he is not threatened by anything we face or anything he faces I think that's a beautiful thing <laughs> you think about him even in the story in I believe it's Matthew 8 where he is in the bottom of the boat and the storm comes up and his disciples Jesus's disciples were fearful and they wake him up and he rebukes them for being afraid and I'm not saying that that if you're fearful I'm not this is not a rebuke to you what this is is a is an encouragement in that press into the Lord and feast at his table where he, he lets you know that there's no need to feel threatened. We are too quick to lay down our peace. He doesn't want us to fear. He wants us to trust in him and know that he is not threatened And if he's dwelling in us by the Holy Spirit, there's no need for us to feel threatened. Here's an interesting thing, because we talk in here about fear of the, the unknown, fear that can bring us harm, and I just want to set aside that that's a different fear than when we talk about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord does not have to do with punishment, which we're going to get into First John here in a little bit, but when we talk about the fear of, of the Lord, and we hear the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that is talking about a, um, a reverent, a respect, it's, it's totally different than fearing God. I know as a child, um, I think I, I know I had this picture of God that, man, if I mess up, he's going to whoop me on the head with his staff. That's not God. But that's how many of us have um, grown up looking at God, is to fear him, to fear his judgment, fear his wrath, And I think the best story we can look at is um, the story of the prodigal son. You know, here this son is this rebellious guy, and he says, I want my inheritance. And he goes off and he squanders it. And then when he's spent it all and he's eating with the pigs, he thinks to himself, I should go back home to my father's house, which is representing Father God. But I should go back home because even the pigs or his servants are eating better than I am with these pigs. And as he's going back home, his father sees him in a distance. And for any prodigals listening, your father sees you in a distance. And he ran to his son. And he put him back on the robes on him. He put rings on him. He threw a feast. He didn't go to him and say, Oh, now you're back. Well, let's have a talk before we go any further. No, he embraced his son. And I, there's two things here. I think I want us to get the heart of God for the lost and how God sees them when they come in. He's, you know, when we have um, altar calls and people come down and get saved, God's like, Yay! This is awesome. My son's home. And he wants us to celebrate that with him, but he also wants the prodigals to know that, hey, there is there there's not going to be any punishment here. Now, we say that there is no fear in love, and there's no because, and there's no fear with because it's not punishment, but there is correction. And lots of times when we come in, we we have to kind of get some correction in our life, and that's part of. I'll just say parenting, even. Um, an example, a lot of times we parent and we try and, if you parent out of fear, that's the wrong way to parent. Um, one of the things we were sharing, John and I did a parenting class last spring, and I'll give you an illustration. Let's say little Billy wants to pick on his little sister, and he's always hitting her with toys, and, but he's been wanting this new baseball bat. And so mom and dad say, Billy, if you will stop being mean to your sister for three weeks, we'll get you that bat. Because they think, oh, 21 days, will change a habit. So Billy doesn't pick on his sister for three weeks. And they go and they buy him a bat. And guess what Billy does with it? He goes and hits his sister because they try to change his behavior instead of changing his heart. And so it's the same when we come to Christ there's a change in our heart that begins to happen and part of that happens just because we encounter the love of God and we want to obey him but part of it is a process too And that's the process that we would just call and parenting correction but it's not punishment in the kingdom You distracted me. Oh well. (laughs) You're awesome. (laughs) Anyway, so when we don't fear punishment, we get we because we encounter love, because there's no fear in love. So I want to switch a little bit to you know, there's some we talked here a little bit about our heavenly father is not threatened by anything. We don't have to fear him as we might have feared our earthly father because of punishment. Some of us might say, well, what about this that happens because we sin? Well, there are consequences to sin. That's different. But also, we need to understand our father is love. And there's a lot of things we could talk about about father this morning, but we don't have time to talk about all that, so I'm just picking and choosing a few here that I've really been pondering on. And the whole thing of... Um, he is love. There again, the word love has been really perverted in our culture. I talked to the youth here a while back and we were talking about purity in the area of sexual purity, and I talked about how, you know in First Corinthians it says love is patient. Well, in sexual purity, then, love is patient. it waits for the appointed time. Anything else is lust. It's not love. But in our culture, there has been a really a perversion as to what love is, and God is perfect love. Our heavenly Father is perfect love. So if we were to say, "Okay, what's the word say about love?" I think we all know. Let's go to Corinthians chapter thirteen. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It is not rude, and it is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so I'm sure you've heard people take that verse and put God in there. So God is patient. God is kind. But when we think about him as our Heavenly Father, those are very important ones, But our Heavenly Father is not easily angered. Our Heavenly Father keeps no record of wrong. Wow, to have a love that knows no record of wrong. I think that's something we all seek. And it's interesting, really, in in the earth... How people, if you were adopted or maybe um, you just had a single mom, a lot of people seek who their father is. People are seeking, who's my father? And that's, that's all fine. It's, in the, it's, in the, it's something deep inside of us, seeking out that identity. But when we can't find it, we can rest assured that we have a heavenly father who is more than anything our earthly father could have ever been for us. I want to go to John, first John, excuse me. I told pastor too, I said, at this short of notice, they're going to get out of here early today. So I get an amen. (laughs) Okay. So first John, first of all, and I didn't bring my glasses up, so I'm going to, John, can I get you to get them out? Okay. I get to wear yours. They're cheaters. That's right. All right. Did I look good? No. <laughs> All right, First John chapter 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. Lavished. He's poured it out extreme, extremely, abundantly, more than we can imagine. But then I want to jump over to chapter 4. And I'm going to start in verse 7. And there's a lot here, so I'm going to repeat some things a few times. Dear friends, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent Wow. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us. Whoa. We know that we live in him and he in us. That's a mystery, but wow. Because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Do you think he's trying to say something to us? Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has seen. Not seen. Oh, let me repeat Did that. Sorry. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this commandment. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves him. This child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. So when we look around us lots of times we say oh they're my brother, they're my sister in Christ. And that's great we're a family here but what if you start looking at the people around you, and you say, they are a son of God. They're a daughter of God. God is in them. Does that challenge any of your thinking when you think about how you interact with the people around you? That the Spirit of God is within the sons and daughters of God that are around you. You are carrying that love. They are carrying that love. So, if I were to say something unkind or wrong about a son or a daughter of God, I'm actually saying that even against God because God dwells in them. And if I were to take this a step further, we are one in the body of Christ. And for me to say something against you, I'm saying it against myself because we are one in Christ. Now this isn't, like I said, this is stuff that just in the last few weeks God's really been showing me. And I just we have to get to a point where I don't look at any of you and put any identity on what might be things you're struggling with or, or your flaws because that's not who you are. I have, I have um, things I'm working on in myself, and I can't use that as my identity, just like I can't look at you and say, well, I know you're working through this and that's who you are. Because that's not who you are. The core of who you are is a daughter of God, and that's for all eternity. And the Spirit of God is within you, and we are one, we are family, we are one in Christ. So I want to close with the story. We're going to get out of here early, like I said. But I also want to challenge you in a couple things. I want to challenge you. When you're looking in the mirror, start saying to yourself, I'm a daughter or I'm a son of God. Oh, well, when you wake up in the morning, you look at Kara. She's a daughter of God. And God dwells within her. Now, you're one in marriage, but you're also one in Christ. How can we change our perspective and how we see each other? And that's going to begin to change our perspective and how we relate with each other. So I want to tell a story. There's this little girl. And every day, she would go down to the river. And one day, on her way to the river, she sees this little puddle. And there's a spider in it. And it's drowning. And it's destined to die. So she bends down, she scoops up this little spider, and she sets it outside of the puddle, but it bites her. But she just goes skipping and singing on her way back home. Well, the next day, she goes back down to the river. There's the puddle, and the spider's in the puddle again. So she bends over. She picks up this puddle, or this spider, (laughs) to save its life. And she sets it on the ground, but it has bitten her again. Third time, she goes to the river. The spider is in the puddle. She saves it. And this time, the spider talks to her and says, this is the third time you have saved me, and I have bitten you every time, and I am poisonous. Why do you keep doing this? And her response was, because I'm the daughter of my father, who is love. And that's who I am. There's times when we want to reach out and help people, and they bite us, but that doesn't mean we get to withdraw. <laughs> there, there's times when we, we feel, I just don't want to have to bother with this spider in this puddle. I have more important things to do, like to get to the river. (laughs) But we are sons and daughters of the Father who is love. And that's who we are. what an amazing thing to think that we get to be called sons and daughters of such an amazing father. And we just step back and think that there are so many who just want to encounter that love of a father. And maybe that's you. But there's also a lost and dying world that Longs to encounter the love of a father. And maybe you're the little girl that's gonna pick up that spider and it might bite you. But do you give up on them? I can tell you when I go down to the Capitol with the pro life stuff, they aren't always friendly. The other, you know, I don't, I don't call them my enemy. When I first started going, my heart was, Lord, I want to, how do I reach them for you? Because you know what? A lot of them just, they don't know the love of a father, the father. And we all have opportunities all around us because he's in us to shed that light, to share that with others. We don't, just get to, we don't have the privilege to just come here on Sunday and get fed and go back out. We have something in us that this world needs. And as his sons and daughters, we are reflecting him. We are his image bearers to this world. So I'm just going to close in prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, We just thank you. Lord, some of these truths are so heavy, and they challenge me. How do I walk this all out, Lord? But we thank you that you are within us, and the power is within us, because you dwell within us. So, Lord, I just ask that as we leave here today, and we go, whether it's we talk to family or be with family or whatever it is, that we continually remember who we are And that we wouldn't lay that down. We wouldn't lay down our peace. We wouldn't lay down your love. We wouldn't lay down our identity. That we would recall and hold close to us who we are. And we just thank you that you are always faithful <laughs> in whatever situation might come our way throughout the week. And we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.